Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of women's wrestling on Wednesdays. You're all getting to know me a bit better now. I can only imagine that I'm probably quite different from what you expected. If anything, you have at least noticed that uninhibited is my middle name. Wild even. But that's my last name, so that wouldn't really work. I like to focus on the realness. Because that is what typically gets missed. The realness usually carries the most important messages needing to be heard. Which is the perfect segue to introduce you to today's episode. I want to talk about mental health. I have chosen the perfect female professional wrestler to help me discuss it. She has been an advocate not only for the destigmatization of mental illness, but has also been very candid about her own personal struggles very publicly on social media. She is a sister Canadian, a misfit, punk rock, animal loving vegan. Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Allie. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Wild On. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. For our listeners, just so you know, Laura and I met at Squared Circle Training in Toronto. You started a few years after me, but you enrolled right after you turned 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Was that a birthday gift to yourself? Yeah, so I, I actually wanted to enroll earlier, but there they had said it was 18 was the was you know the youngest that they would allow anyone to join. So when I was 17, I started working out, and I remember I told my mom I was like, on my 18th birthday, we have to go to Squared Circle, and I have to sign up. So I actually ended up going the day after. And what was your motivation? Like, what were you a lifelong wrestling fan? Like, what was it that drew you to wrestling? I grew up watching wrestling. Uh, my dad had me watching it when I was. I think three or four was when we started watching it. I watched it through my entire childhood. My dad passed away when I was 12. And the last thing that we did together was watch wrestling. We watched a pay-per-view. So it was one of those things that kind of always like I had a connection with it, you know. And then I I never wanted to really be a wrestler. That, That never even crossed my mind really. I did want to be a manager at one point. And I sent a letter to World Wrestling Federation when I was nine, um, asking if I could be the body Donna's manager. Get out. I did. I, I did. love it. I did. And uh, sadly, I did not hear from them. Oh, God. Tarnished uh, forever. Tarnished. Right? Like, come on. <laughs> but then I kind of fell okay. back into wrestling in high school. I took a little bit of a break, you know? You were soured when you didn't get that return message. I, yes, I was. I was just, they ruined it for me. I said, never again. <laughs> I saw Trish for the first time. I was kind of flipping through the channels and Trish was on Raw. And I I remember, I think she had a match against Lita or something like that. And I remember thinking like, oh, wow, girls do this. We can actually do this. Growing up in the 90s, you didn't really see a lot of women wrestlers. Right. Right? Um, was more managers, you know? So when I saw Trish and Lita and Molly and Jazz, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I could do this? Like, maybe I could do this. And um, 
Uh, yeah, then I found a wrestling school. <laughs> you, me, and Gail, we all kind of started with Trish being our motivation. So thank you, Trish, for being a trailblazer and paving the way for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, or a Toronto girl, man. When Laura first walked into Squared Circle training, she looked very different. How would you describe yourself when you first walked into the gym? I want to say I maybe had pink hair or pink in my hair, I think. <laughs> yep. I was a little punk rocker in high school, you know? So uh, at one point I had a mohawk. I had Liberty Spikes. I was constantly in like studs and combat boots and... Side note, love it all. Love it all so much. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> right. And I'm pretty sure I walked in looking something like that maybe wearing a rancid t-shirt yep and uh just wide-eyed and <laughs> not not prepared at all for what I was about to walk into but oh, I loved it and I was lucky enough to be your first match yes you were <laughs> I have to say when you asked me to do the podcast I was very excited because and I don't think I've ever even told you this like you played a really big role in my pursuit of wrestling because I looked up to you so much and I so badly wanted to emulate your career and your path. Even to this day, like when I'm feeling not confident or not feeling myself, I watch your matches to like give me that little, oh little, my yeah, God. yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you. I did not see that coming. <laughs> okay, just gonna try to keep my shit together. Hormones. Thank you. That means a lot. You have been extremely successful and you've had actually quite a long career for being so young. You've had such a transformation, both physically and your on-screen character. You slugged it out on the independence and you were very successful in other major companies and now you're an AEW superstar. <laughs> and you know what, on a total side note, you look so radiant and so happy and I'm honestly so genuinely proud of you and all the strides you've made. You're very different than the punk rock princess who walked into squared circle training. What's contributed to your evolution both inside and out? Age, life experience, coaching, a mentor? Well first thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, gosh so many things. Yeah I think each kind of character that I've portrayed or each step in the in the evolution of Cherry Bomb into Alley has been a bit of a reflection of where I'm at in life. You know when I think back to the independence I was on the the indies for 10 years before I received a, a television contract. Wow. Yeah so it was a long time and Cherry Bomb you know the, the character I developed Cherry Bomb sh she kind of embodied so much confidence and when I walked through the curtain as her I really felt like I belonged and for a long time I didn't feel like I belonged in wrestling it took me a very very long time to feel that I belonged there and age is probably a part of that I would think you know I we both started so young when you're in high school and you go into wrestling you're you're still developing who you are as a person right yes so so cherry bomb was kind of a reflection of what I was missing I, I wasn't confident and transforming into this other person helped me build my confidence and then going into the character of Allie who uh, had no confidence and didn't know who she was <laughs> was a lot of fun because I remember feeling that way for such a long time, you know, so it almost was, it was easy to step into that role because I myself had felt that way for a long time. And then for her to evolve into a, a champion was like a really cool story for me to tell. 
And now going into to AEW, like I, I have to say, I'm glad that I look happy because I am so happy, and I'm I I I feel good that I'm here. Yeah. And I'm still kind of developing this character, this version of Allie. Right. You know. And yeah. you know what the funny thing is. Uh, you're only a few years younger than me, but I feel very much Mother Hennish to you just because you started after me. So I, I, I feel like Tracy Brooks definitely installed that we look after our own type thing. Yes, yes. Like I said, I, I can only be such a proud Mother Hen when I see you on TV because I remember that girl who first walked into the gym with her shoulders slumped over and her pink hair and her, you know, rancid t-shirt. I just want to say that Ali is currently wearing a Misfits t-shirt. So not a lot is, not everything has changed. <laughs> not, not everything has changed. We're still true blue. You're right, not everything. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like our connection is wrestling, um, but today I really would like to talk about something that's much bigger than that. You have been such an integral influencer with a massive following platform, and you're using it to do so much good. You've been such a supporter of the destigmatization and stereotypes surrounding mental illness. It's something you've been very vocal about in your own way. And it's something really, truly near and dear to me. I have a plethora of mental health issues in my own family, and I have my own struggles that I deal with on a daily basis. Can you tell me a little bit about what your catalyst was that motivated you to, to speak out about your own struggles? Yeah, absolutely. I struggled with depression through my younger years, so through my teens into my 20s. I had a really hard time dealing with depression because I didn't understand what it was and I didn't know who to talk to and I felt very ashamed because when you have when you you know when you're suffering with something like depression or or any mental illness you sort of feel at least I certainly did that I didn't look sick outside like I my physically I looked fine but inside I was just it was just like a, a struggle it was a it was a big struggle so I was a little afraid to speak openly about my mental health issues because there is such a stigma and you know I even to this day I still get people that will kind of question my decision to be open about it but I feel like if I'm not honest about what I've gone through then other people that are suffering and especially young people might not have the courage to speak out themselves. You know, I don't know if this is too much information, but in my early 20s, I went through a really, really, really bad depression and I went through a really bad eating disorder. I mean, it was not good. And I was afraid to talk to people. I was afraid to tell anyone what was going on. And I was wrestling in the middle of it. And one of my best friends, I remember she said, I think you have a bit of a problem. Like, I think you need to talk to somebody. And thank God she did because I was able to then see a therapist and get the help that I needed. But not everybody has that best friend. So I feel like it's my responsibility to be able to use the platform that I have to connect with people and say like, hey, like we're, we're all a little messed up. Like we all have a problem. Like, you know, nobody's perfect. And it's okay if you if you have a mental health issue, it's okay. Like let's normalize that. It's okay. Yeah, like let's let's yeah. get help. Let's go see a therapist. Yep. Hey, maybe we need medication. Yep. Like it shouldn't be something that is like taboo. And it's just, that's a part of life. I 
couldn't agree more and you nailed it it has so much to do with having a support system and not everybody is that lucky and I think when you're an influencer you're someone in the media just by talking about it you're normalizing it that much more and the worst thing you can feel when you're depressed or anxious is alone and so to know like oh my god I love Ali she's this badass superhero on TV but oh my god she's human yeah she's vulnerable she suffers yeah so then I'm not this freak on my own like I can relate to her and then that might be motive enough for someone to go get help if they don't have it if they don't have the family friend that would support them otherwise so what you do is so huge so thank you and thank you for sharing your story it it means so much (laughs) yeah of course I think it's important I think if you have a if you have a platform, I, I really do feel like it's important to use that platform for good and, and to help people as much as you can. I really do. Tell me about your journey. Do you still seek the help of the therapist? Do you have a set of coping mechanisms that you use? Tell me. Yes, absolutely. Well, yes. <laughs> Heck yeah, I talk to a therapist. <laughs> I think we all, I think everybody should talk to a therapist. Everybody. Everyone, yes. Everybody. I really do. I really think it's <laughs> so good for you. Like mentally, I think it's so good for you. So yeah, so I do talk to a therapist. And then I, I have a pretty good routine in terms of, you know, I, I love to exercise. Um, Uh, that really helps me it helps me stay focused it helps me if I have anxiety I usually go for a run and that really helps me out yeah but I have a good support system Uh, I have people that I can talk to I journal I've pretty much accepted that that's a lifelong thing that I'm gonna have to work on and continue to work on I feel like whenever I'm feeling like overly stressed or anything like that I just make sure to communicate that with the people that I love because you know when I was in high school and I didn't talk to anybody like things got a little bit scary and they got dark very very dark and I don't you know and so I I really think the, the biggest thing is just communicating with somebody that you trust so that's what I try to do this is the crazy thing to me in our western society if you break your arm you go to an ER physician right if you have a toothache you go to the dentist right if you have thoughts of despair this negative cycle in your head anxious feelings that won't go away go to a therapist it's not a dirty word yes I'm so thankful that I was able to do that and I'm able to do that I feel like mental health resources need to be more accessible yeah I mean that's a whole other conversation but I you know (laughs) but but I do think you're right there's no don't feel ashamed for having a mental health issue no do not feel ashamed at all because you are not alone <laughs> no you're not exactly if, if there's one thing I convey is like you are not alone 100% you are not alone and the second that you feel like that like know in your heart there are other people that are equally as like depressed or unhappy or whatever the case may be like we're all we all have an issue that we're working through and I find myself that the more I talk about it whether I'm talking about my own struggles or struggles within my family you realize this world opens up to you yes. people are like oh yeah me too yes whatever yes and yes. you've been suffering in silence because you're so ashamed because society says there's something wrong with you right if you suffer from a mental illness and that is simply not the truth no, not at all. And I, you know, and I think also, especially for the business that we're in and just being in entertainment in general, you know, I, I, I feel very blessed and I am extremely grateful for the life that I have, but I still do deal with mental health issues. You know, just because you're successful or you're this or you're that, there might be a problem that you need to address and there's nothing to feel ashamed about that. You don't have to feel bad about it. It's just, it's just a part of life. And, you know, professional wrestling is such a pressurized career. You're constantly under scrutiny. 
you're on a knife's edge because truly you don't know when it could all end, whether it's with a company or because of injury. Yes. And then just to throw some salt in the wounds, you have people on social media just like giving it to you oh, yeah. <laughs> about how much you suck yeah. or how you look like a flat boy with a wig on. <laughs> Not that anyone's ever said that to me. No. <laughs> but it's But you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So they're definitely... And, and social media is one of those things that can be absolutely a positive, wonderful place, but it can also be a, it, it could also be a toxic wasteland if we're being honest, you know. And like, because I guess I was removed almost for a decade from being on social media and being somewhat of an influencer. It was almost like I've been like an alumni influencer, if you will, because <laughs> I've been retired for so long. So like my opinion doesn't really matter. But now that I've come back with a podcast and I have interests in getting into wrestling again, people are already starting with the harsh criticism. Difference being is I'm 34. I'm a mom. I'm a firefighter. I don't give a flying... F-U-C-K. You yeah. can swear on this podcast. I'm just Taylor's listening. So <laughs> because I know who I am. Yeah. I'm doing this because I love it. And if you don't like it, like, go bother somebody else. And like, we're in a pandemic. Be nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. If you're in media, you're trying to like provide this break. You're trying to provide this escape for others who are suffering. Yet there's always some troll trying to get you down. <laughs> it's so true. And I think you, 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 you know, you touched on something that's so important. You know, I, I'm 33, you're 34. The yeah. things that people say online don't necessarily affect me the way that they would if I was 18. Yes. But, and I think that's why, again, it's so important that we are open and we discuss things because there are, there's this other generation of kids growing up with social media that their skin isn't as thick as ours. They don't have the life experience to be able to just let roll it off their shoulders. So, you know, if you are in a position where you can extend kindness, like, please, please do that. And if you don't like something, it's okay to not like something. Yeah. But do we have to be super duper mean about it? Like, it, I know. Is that necessary? It takes so much less energy to be nice as well. Yes, yes. Especially during like, this time. Let's extend kindness yeah. where we can. Exactly. And who, what was the Disney character that said it? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at don't all. Don't say anything at all. I don't know, but I, I want to say it's Winnie the Pooh, but it's I probably could be Winnie wrong. the Pooh. My editor's <laughs> probably like losing it right now because when I screw things up, she's like, idiot, it's this. <laughs> so a little voiceover, what she meant to say was. <laughs> Hello, this is your editor speaking. That character was Thumper the Rabbit in Bambi. Because you shared your story, I just want to like give a little bit of light on mine because I, I don't know who listens to this podcast. It started off as this wrestling thing and it's now turned into this women supporting women, men supporting women, women supporting men, humans supporting humans. But like I had postpartum depression after I had Taylor and I was just completely out of my mind. And I didn't know it because it was like this, they, they call it like this veil that goes over your eyes that makes you so irrational and angry. And some people can develop like OCD out of it, but I had like this postpartum rage. And if it wasn't for my husband and having a therapist for years, I got pulled out of that hole and I got the help I needed. And you know what? I needed the help of some medication as well because my hormones were all out of balance. And there is nothing wrong with medication. You take vitamins for energy. You take Tylenol if you have a headache. 
If you are clinically depressed or have clinical anxiety, you take the medication, you feel better, life goes on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm so, I, I had no idea you went through that. That's just, oh, I feel for you because that's hard. And I'm sure it was hard to, to even realize what was happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of the scary thing. You don't know, and I mean this in jest, you don't know how batshit crazy you are until you're on the other side of it. And then you look back and you're like, oh my God. Yes, yes. And and when I took that medication, girl, I was like, oh, is this what normal people feel like? <laughs> oh, that's awesome though. That's so good. But it's so funny you say that because it's so true that like when you're in the, the deep down depths of, of whatever it is, yeah. it's hard to really see what's happening or what's going on or even even acknowledging like oh maybe this is maybe there's something going on in my brain right now yes that I'm not or maybe this you know what I mean like yep. so I'm so I'm so happy that you were able to you know get get some help and get some medication and I'm with you normalize medication normalize it thank you that is like I feel like the most stigmatized part about mental illness is needing medication 100% yes it, it can't fix anything solely on its own like you have to do all the other things you've talked about you know therapist journal friends meditation fitness eat well I agree and if you do all those things and you still can't stop the negative thoughts or the anxiety then you just need a little pick-me-up <laughs> and it's okay yeah and there's nothing wrong with it yes there's nothing listen I, yeah. I was on antidepressants in my 20s I it helped me it helped Helped me get out of a place that I was in. Like, there's no, I, there's no reason to be ashamed about that. Right. You take my cares away. I can so overcomplicate. People tell me to medicate. Fill my blood running Tell me about music because that is one of the things I felt so bonded to you about was your love of punk rock. What do you, who is, give me your like top three ride or die bands. Uh, well, number one would be the Misfits for sure. Yeah. The, mis the Misfits were my introduction to punk rock. Okay. So I, I love Offspring and Nirvana, kind of like the grunge bands. I liked those when I was younger. And then a friend of mine introduced me to the Misfits. And I was like, first of all, I love horror movies. Horror is my favorite genre. Same. Oh my God. Same. And I think that's a little bit of like anxiety and depression. People who have a little bit of that, you love to have the shit scared out of you. Because it's, so it's like a break. Oh it's so funny. It's so true. It's so true. I like love horror. And then I heard the Misfits and I was like, oh my God, this band is singing about, you know, horror type stuff. And this is so cool. And um, so that was my introduction to punk was, was Misfits. Oh my gosh, you're asking me like ride or die bands. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know, pressure's on. And then pressure's on. I'm like, you know, it's like when someone asks you your favorite color and you're like, um, uh, uh blue. Like, colors, colors. What's the color? Um, <laughs> is gray a color? I don't know. Um, Poison the Well was another band that I fell hard nice. for. Um, so they're way more like hardcore, not so much punk rock but I'm they're still one of my favorites and don't now you can't laugh you can't <laughs> laugh but one of my favorite bands of all time is not punk rock it's totally new metal but yo I am still a hardcore corn fan oh my god girl new metal was my first love me too yes yes yeah my workout playlist is like 90% new metal like if anyone tapped into my playlist while I was working out they'd be like is it 
2000? Is it 98? Oh my gosh, mine too. I was like Corn and Limp Bizkit, just like all these, you know, Papa Roach and all these like bands that were really cool when I was like 14. Um, But I recently saw Corn for the first time in like 15 years and I was living out my high school years. I I had like a a, a Corn snapback on and a Corn t-shirt and I was just like, yeah, like it was so fun. I think Corn was my first concert that I went to with my friends, not like a concert like my mom took me to, like Sharon Lowe and Bram like I love it <laughs> skinny rinky dinky dink man so good exactly and I'm like still teaching Taylor that shit it's classic but I remember being at the corn concert in like 99 2000 maybe my jinko jeans on oh yeah my baby doll corn and I was like I'm getting in the mosh pit yes and I somehow ended up crowd surfing and losing my two girlfriends and spending the whole concert by myself yo I bet you we were at the same concert because I went to was it at Skydome it was at Skydome oh my god we were totally at the same we were definitely at the same except I was (laughs) like 13 or 14 and I was way I was nowhere near the 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 mosh pit at that point yeah I mean we eventually as the years went on we got down there (laughs) You know, I may, I may or may not have fought a girl for Monkey's Pick yes. and won. That might have happened at some point. <laughs> I love it. We posted that dance video on TikTok. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> That to me is like 10 out of 10. I would love to see Natty Nightheart, Natalia Nightheart, yes. do like a split video of that with her trying her best at that dance. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's hard. I don't know whose skills would be better. Can I tell you? You or Natty, I don't know. I practiced that dance. I was literally, I, I was practicing the dance for a solid hour, maybe an hour and a half before we did it. And oh I gave each move like a name. So you could remember? Yes, like there was a clap and I was like, crocodile, silly man. Like I was trying. And the videos we we shot, like that was me giving a hundred percent effort and it was so terrible. Oh god. I feel like it's a trend. I feel like me and me and Sunny are gonna be dancing every time we're together. Please. So bad. Please, please so more. So please more. As your friend, as a fan, more dance videos. <laughs> deal, deal. I'll do them. I'll... And everybody check out the video. Make it viral. Yes, please, please. please. I'll embarrass myself. It's fine. <laughs> So before I let you go, I like to do 10 tailor-made questions at the end of every interview. <gasps> it's like a speed round. You ready? I'm nervous. I'm nervous, but I listen. I've listened. I've listened to your podcast. Thanks, girl. I've listened. <laughs> I'm ready. Name the one beauty product you can't live without. Concealer. Under eye concealer. Too Faced, born this way. What is your favorite exercise? Running. Now. What is your biggest pet peeve? When people are rude in general, it makes me... It makes me so insane. Just be nice, please. Just be kind. Even if you're having a bad day. Don't be a dick. Just be kind. Hold the door. That's right. Hold the door. Say you're sorry. Let the person in front of you go. Say say thanks when someone lets you in when you're driving. You know? Yep. Common courtesy. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? There's uh, there's a show called The Vampire Diaries. Uh, yeah. And uh, Stefan Salvatore. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's my crush for sure. So I was going to say favorite band or artist, but I think we've already covered that. Misfits. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have a secret vice, like drinking a glass of wine in the shower? And if so, what is it? I drink a ungodly amount of coffee. I mean, I mean, I'm 
drinking a giant cup of coffee right now. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, it's an industrial vat of coffee. And it says Fur Mama on it. <laughs> I drink a lot of, it's it's like, it's probably too many cups of coffee a day. That I would say that's like my only vice, I would think. <laughs> Who has the best entrance music? Right now, Darby Allen. I'm obsessed with Darby mm. Allen's music. It's oh, so good. Okay. And it brings me back to like teen angst. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Drink of choice. We're going to have to say coffee. We're, yeah, coffee for sure. We're like killing two birds with a single stone. Coffee and water, which is really boring, but I love water. I'm a water gal. I, you know what? That's what I drink all the time, coffee and yeah, water. It's yeah. good. And then after Taylor goes to sleep, wine. <laughs> what was... Your most embarrassing moment in the ring? I've had quite a few. I've had quite a few, Sean. I've had quite a few, okay? <laughs> quite a few. Um, one time in TNA, I was running down the entrance, and I went to jump into the ring. I fell. <laughs> I just completely, like, like it was like at, like a cartoon. Like, it was like, and I just, like, fell. And it, we weren't taping live, thank God. But when I watched it back, God bless them, they they cut it. So it, it, it was like I was running, do, 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 and then I was just on the apron. Thank God. And I remember, I'm pretty sure Abyss was in the ring just looking, going, what? Like, what just happened? That was a classic. Uh, you know, it's nice to not hear wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I had one, to be honest. Good, good. Double-sided tape is everything. Yeah, I tape. <laughs> oh, everything. Tape, 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 tape. Tape everywhere. Yeah. Okay, and the last one. Finish this lyric. I went Canadian. I went pop punk. Oh, God. Oh, boy. I want to jump in a lake. The sun shining down in the beach in the summer. Oh, it's so good, God! Yeah! Yes, I'm so God. happy. Oh my God, I should. <laughs> God should have been in my top music. See, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That was one of the best concerts I ever had. I ever went to it was a golf concert in Toronto. <sighs> like I knew that you would come to me, and we run away with all our dreams. Don't you think that I prepare a bit to try to make it all complete to run away? Footnote. Allie is a Canadian professional wrestler, real name Laura Dennis, formerly known as Cherry Bomb on the independent wrestling scene, full-time employee of AEW. Britt Baker, American professional wrestler employed by AEW, who is also a full-time dentist. This episode was really important to me for many reasons, mostly because I think mental illness affects everyone to some extent. It can feel like a dirty little secret. It is no one's business, but at the same time, you are not alone and you don't have to suffer in silence. There are so many resources out there. Reaching out is the first step to healing and becoming the best version of you. We only get one life. Make it your best. It is way too short not to be happy and you deserve to be happy. I want to thank my guest Laura, also known as Allie. She's a fearless leader in my eyes. She may not be the loudest in the room, but she is an old soul with a big heart and that moves mountains. I feel really connected to her. I think we share a lot of core values as well as a love for new metal and punk rock. Anyone that loves new metal as much as me is a true sister. But more importantly, anyone who is able to speak their truth is a sister to me. Thank you, Laura. I'm so proud of you. I love you. And we'll do this again soon. 
thank you for sticking with me weekly as Wild On is growing. Each week, I hope to bring you something new and if nothing else, unique. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram or Twitter with any suggestions or things you might like to hear about. Also, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you like it. Taking out the time to give a five-star rating whilst leaving a comment will help bring your girl closer to a studio. Check out the Wild On store for all your Taylor Wild shopping needs. I will provide the link in the description. Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RealTaylorWild. That's wild with an E. As always, I could not do this podcast without my badass editor and producer, Rochelle Duras. Love you, girl. Until next week, stay calm and wild on. You want to say hi to Laura? Hi. Hi. Okay, <laughs> can mommy do an interview? Okay. Such a cutie. <laughs>